You're listening to Leverage, the podcast about power, politics, and influence. I'm Crystal High Taylor. And I'm Breon Wells. Breon, Breon, yeah. my loving, darling, dear Breon, guess what? What's up? I have an announcement. What's up? I, too, am running for president of the United States of America. Oh! Oh! <laughs> High 2020. You know I want, you know I want platform details. I want oh. platform details. Oh, actually, I think you just came up with the slogan. Let's call it Let's Get High. We can <laughs> have a progressive agenda framed around all the progressive things. Twin, right? you're a few days short because had um, you thought about it on 420, then such a. I could have announced on 420. I know. Because, like, certainly if I were president, we would legalize marijuana. We would decriminalize all sorts of stuff that have people unnecessarily incarcerated we would for real for real reform the criminal justice system starting with can we get rid of prisons can we get rid of private prisons in particular can we actually give people services that lead towards rehabilitation can we do job training and education can we do counseling and therapy i'm sorry i mean to get on the soapbox and and i'll vote for you if you promise if you promise to uh, reallocate some of that money into Breon's fund against Navient, you see what I'm saying, or Sally Mae, Sir. I think I can vote for you. So have I told you this thing? This this is like a for real, for real thing for me. I think that what we should have long since done, and this isn't just a personal vendetta because I'm still paying off my law school student loans, right? Uh-huh. But I think long ago when we were trying to tell the financial sector, hey, guess what? You can't play with people the way you do. It's negligent, it's damaging, and you tank in entire sectors of the economy. What we should have done is cause financial lending institutions. Actually, this does apply to the federal government as well, because guess what? As service through Navient, that heifer Sally May, I know Sally May is now Navient, but I still consider that heifer Sally May. May. Mm -hmm. Listen, Sally May stay in my pocket, but even government student loans are... It's still crazy with the interest rates and all of this, right? So what we should have done is put a moratorium on the accrual of interest rates for like a five to 10 year period so that all people are paying back is their actual debt. Because what happens is that we do all of these interest only payments almost and like, or they're not told to us as being interest only, but- we end up in these situations where we out here paying ten grand a year, fifteen mm-hmm. grand a year, and you've and only hit the interest. You paid a hundred dollars a principal, and and you done paid all this money that's interest. How that work? How I took out an eighty five thousand dollars student loan, but if I pay that loan out on like its full payment schedule, I would have paid you back three hundred thousand dollars. How does that help anybody it accomplish doesn't. the American dream? So. Those would be two of my issues, two of my platform issues. But really, we going to run. I'm not going to run in 2020. When should I run? I'm not going to run for real. When are you going to run as a question? Who, me? Who, yeah. little, little old me? Yeah. With, with my black book? I don't know. We have to, we have to determine because, you know, I keep a black book on everybody. So, so I got to be careful because rocks and glass houses and whatnot. Well, <laughs> well how about if I, if I run and I win, I'm going to create an entire new department. Right, uh-huh. of government. It's gonna be called Oh, the Department of Swagriculture. And you could be the secretary. All you right. You be the secretary? I I'm down for it. Now I don't have to sit before Congress for eight hours, right? For them to like d- jump into my life. Can you know, can can we 
Can we somehow I mean, make sure that we, we still got to vet you? We still I mean, got to vet can, you. We can vet. I just don't want to sit there for eight hours, you know. If I give of, you potty breaks, can we do eight hours? Deal. Okay. And, and and peppermint tea, you know, like on, and the, on peppermint the side. Tea. That, that works. Right. That works. Priority. Okay. So, no, but seriously, all this foolishness aside, right, on my part, well, my candidacy is foolishness. The other stuff is not. Please talk to me about the billion and one people who are now, <laughs> it is April 2019. Mm-hmm. The Democratic Party mm-hmm. has 5,100 different people <laughs> running for president talk Brian, talk to me please explain why everybody and their mama is in this race right now so we already knew a billion were running i want to focus <laughs> on the and one that just joined this week and that and one was none other than the uncle joe biden right joe. um uncle joe. and this has been like watching I'm trying not to get myself in trouble, but this is like watching an elderly person slowly fall, you know, and slowly fall. Like it was unfolding. Remember when he stood before the crowd and was like by accident outed himself that he was going to run, but then tried to take that back. And we all knew you were going to run, but he's still considering it. So he finally dropped his candidacy, uh, you know, a few days ago. And I will say this. He understands that he's got a lot of work to do and explain to do, not just on the handsy situation, but, you know, with his interest with criminal justice reform and how the crime bill was under his watch as chairman of the Senate Judiciary and and the Anita Hill thing, because he did bring a diverse group of team leaders, including Simone Sanders, mm-hmm. senior strategist mm-hmm. and advisor, mm-hmm. um, Kamal Marshall. You know, mm-hmm. who uh, a lot of us know and are familiar with that have been in the game for a while. He builds this very diverse coalition of staffers. Um, and yet somehow he had a little problem. We had a little incident <gasps> amongst his communication staff, which, you know, given that Kamal Marshall is, is black, this is interesting. Some explaining had to do. You know how you try to on Instagram do a whole series mm-hmm. of posts that make one big picture, mm-hmm. you know, he, they thought they would be creative, and somehow amongst his whole team, you know, it had the B was over him and Jill, a picture of him and Jill Biden, and then the IDE was a picture of just Joe. But then the end, there's a picture of him and President Barack Obama, in which the end is squarely on President Obama. The end was for nice. It, it was for nice, Brian. It, it may have been the end for was nice. For. But given the you know where we are as a country, you know where everybody's mind went to. They was like, no, 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 Joe, no. But listen, would would it have been a Joe Biden thing absent the gaffe? I mean, like that's part of how he is assumed that's true. this Uncle Joe persona, right? <laughs> like sharp, savvy, you know, great politician in terms of his ability to work with people, you know, like integrity right powerful legal mind uh-huh. and then gaps from here to next thursday right, right? oh well see oh. but and here's the question then oh. because you know i believe in and we all believe in probably diversity and inclusion all day every day because this you know the strengths of diversity and inclusion is it mitigates or stops such things and so given that he announced such a diverse team that didn't just start working with him now they've been working behind the scenes for a while it kind of begs the question ain't none of y'all see that you know what i wonder though is like was there a level of 
distraction this week, because certainly to your points about the diverse team, it was big news um, when it was announced that Simone Sanders was brought on as a strategist, right? Right. Senior Senior advisor. Yep. And senior advisor. And the flip side of that, though, was that there was a crazy flurry of social media. um, I'm going to say conversation. Some of it was outright outcry right and some of it was people like giving him props like oh my god great decision all this diversity all of that so I wonder if there was a moment in the midst of the end situation that maybe that people were just distracted by other stories by other things happening I, I, See, I don't know. and and don't get me wrong I don't discount that what you're saying might actually be what it what it was but if that's the case <laughs> Joe, you running for president. Bri- Your team y'all is running be for able president. To walk. He said, y'all got to be able to walk and chew and gum, gum at the same That's time. exactly like, <laughs> you know, it's the nature of the beast. And so we wish him well, despite the hiccup. <laughs> oh, Look, that is not an endorsement. That is just a saying. We wish him well on his journey because it's like, if you starting like this, like, don't cough too much, Joe. Don't see, cough too much. You know what, though? That needs to, you just gave me the idea, their campaign theme song needs to be drake started from the bottom <laughs> and now <I'm- laughs> now we here you know what i'm saying like we hey we it might have been a rocky start <laughs> right look, we here we doing it we good so cnn did something as well with these presidential candidates this week was like the marathon if you will of a number of cnn candidates who had participated in this town hall Mm-hmm. You know, that CNN put on and, and they did it like from seven to 11, you know, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Kamala Harris, Peter Buttigieg. I'm pretty sure I just destroyed his name. Um, however, okay. you know, you know him, Pete. We refer to him now as Pete. So no Mayor other Pete's Pete joined the race. Yep. Mayor Pete joined. Um, and, and so, you know, we got to hear and Bernie Sanders, we got to hear where mm-hmm. they stand on the issues. What stood out to me, though, a moment, you know, because they talked about every issue, including criminal justice reform. Um, CNN asked a question, which I personally don't think was fair. It was basically centered around if the bomb, you know, if the the Unabomber, you know, Mm -hmm. had he got out, would you allow him to vote while he's in prison? Do you think that he should, you know, first of all, given the realities of criminal justice reform, the Timothy McVeigh's and them are just fine and able to get their rights to vote restored more than black and brown folks. Mm-hmm. So for you to phrase that question like that, like here's giving you side eye CNN. However, the number of answers was interesting to me because mm-hmm. you had Bernie Sanders who apparently lit social media up oh, yeah. by saying that he does believe and he would be for people that are currently incarcerated while they're incarcerated being able to vote. And social media lost their mind. And I wanted to make this like a Miss Frizzle magic school bus moment and say, hey, America, (laughs) you do know that Vermont, where he's from, come on here, and Maine already allow them to vote. This is not some novel, mind-blowing, new Mm -hmm. revolutionary idea. This is where we should be trying to be in trying Mm -hmm. to help restore citizenship. But it was interesting to me that everyone was like, he's trying to give criminals the right to vote. And I was like, but isn't that... Never mind. So there's a guy, um, Clint Smith, who actually one time for Davidson, I believe is a Davidson alum. So, hey, alma mater, go cats. But he had this great, hey, look, Steph Curry is a Davidson alum too. Okay. We, we, we breed, we breed them good. 
We breed them good, Breon. But um, I, I saw like a thread that he had going kind of in response to this general conversation. And there was this one point in particular that he raised that was fascinating to me. He's like, you know, we have to reconceive of the ways we consider criminality. Because Absolutely. if you are basing this right to vote on whether or not you were caught and convicted, Right. Versus there are people out here doing criminal things all the time who've never been caught and they still have the ability to vote. So are you saying that your, you know, your right to vote as a person is predicated on whether you get caught, you know, or or at what point does a criminal behavior begin? I think it raises like a really fascinating um, dynamic. Right. And you juxtapose that into what was going down in Florida. Right. So like last Mm -hmm. year, you know, the massive ballot. amendment that ended up passing right that would restore the rights of what was it like 1.4 million yes 1.4 million people incarcerated would, would people to be restored yep to have their rights restored which is still by the way as you know held up in the state legislature isn't that shocking good old, That's good a old democracy we want to hear your that voice is, until we don't that <laughs> is a surprise that that would happen wow uh, who, really? who would have saw that coming I don't know. I feel like I hear our ancestors that was like, we told y'all. We could have a whole other conversation about the ways in which disenfranchisement has Mm -hmm. been a specific, specific kind of political activity that um, those who tend to be in power, right, like perpetuate as a means of ensuring they have continued power. Absolutely. You know, it's like it, it, it is not coincidental that while our country is moving towards a plurality in terms of our racial, ethnic, demographic makeup, that's still something like, what, 90 percent of all elected officials are white? Yes, mm-hmm. roughly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like th- these are things that have happened institutionally over time. It's n- not a mistake. Right. No accident here. No dice. But yeah. So to your point, and that's why, you know, one thing that starting... About two years ago, some of my clients and I, that we in the criminal justice vein, we start, stopped using the term criminal justice reform because I would argue and some of my clients would probably argue the system is working exactly as it was built and intended to. Indeed. And so therefore, if the foundation has never changed, it doesn't care what, you know, it doesn't matter whatever you put on the top of that, you're still growing up weeds. And that was one of the things I've been speaking as I've been lecturing you know, uh, um, across Pennsylvania recently over these last two weeks saying, listen, we need to actually start using the term criminal justice transformation. We -hmm. need to reimagine because most of us, and that's not just in criminal justice reform, you find that in a lot of systems and spaces, these systems were built for a specific type of people. And, you know, you weren't in it, uh, which is why, and I know we're going to talk about this later, which is why I have some issues with the short sightedness of like Isaiah Washington <sighs> and these walk away stuff, because it's like you're acting like somewhere in here, this system had you built in it no matter where you run. But, you know, um, I, I know we are going to come back to it, but I, I do want to just take a moment of silence for Isaiah Washington. I think we can do that. Okay, I'm done. That's it. That's all I needed. Just that brief moment. I was I, done. You know, I, I want to shout out to um, Alicia who who asked that somebody go ahead and cancel. Can I can I be the one to raise? I'd like to first propose that we cancel here at Leverage. Isaiah Washington. Is there a second? Is there a second? Can we, we there can, a second? What What's something more active and yet passive aggressive than cancellation? Like outright ignoring. Can we? 
can we can we de- can we delete? No, not ignore. We got to unsubscribe. I don't know, but we have Ooh. to come up with something. I want to unsubscribe and and more importantly, I want to purge his whole Twitter timeline. Oh, or we could count a hashtag. Instead of hashtag walk away, hashtag but where we walking. Oh, hashtag but where we walking. To where? To <laughs> right. Where, where you gonna go? Where where is you going? Okay. Where, <laughs> we got child. You know what? We'll we'll get back to him later. You're listening to Leverage, the podcast about power, politics, and influence. And so we're back. Yes. To solve all the problems of the universe. You know what else you got to put on your plate to solve, Brian? Whatever. What's Prince William going to do out here in the streets, not acting right? Allegedly. So, right. So, allegedly, (laughs) there was was some um, untoward conduct and behavior, shall we say, since we're talking about Great Britain. Untoward. Unbecoming of a prince. Are we going to use our accents on this segment? <laughs> I, I love I love a good accent, Brian. I-, I wish yes. I could borrow one from a friend. Uh, I think you've got one. You you started with this untoward behavior and I said let us continue with all of the rip roarious issues, issuery. So here's what happened. Apparently, you know, it was rumored that he had stepped out on Kate Middleton. With Kate Middleton's, wait for it, good friend, who they're not so friendly these days because, you know, in in that aristocratic society, you know, they had a little falling out, little breaking of the ranks, you know, there's a little bit of mist in the air. And so, you know, they, they had a falling out. Apparently, it's suspected that William had stepped out on said young lady who we will just call for myst- uh, mysterious sake. Jordan. Client number two. Jordan. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Jordan. Jordan needs some, some, so some William, PR help. Some good PR William help. William <laughs> is apparently Tristan Thomas. <laughs> right. Thompson, Thomas, whatever. Tristan, we don't care about Tristan. Uh, Kate is apparently Chloe. Mm-hmm. And what's her name? She looked this, like Hermione. What's her name? This friend. Not Hermione <laughs> twin. Not Hermione. <laughs> What's her name? The the friend. The friend. Jordan Hermione. And, and um Rose Hanbury. Rose. I was close. Hanbury, Hermione. What's the difference? <laughs> so apparently though, here's where black Twitter, which is, you know, predominantly strongly in the US, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the petty is strong with this one in the US. Um Black Twitter, apparently, somehow, you know, as this was uncovered, what also got uncovered is, oh, and by the way, Kate Middleton and Meghan Merkel, they're feuding. You know what I mean? Now, this is not like your usual hip-hop diss tracks that were happening, you know, because they don't quite get down like that yet. It's not real housewives. <laughs> right. They're not doing royal <laughs> royal diss tracks. You know what I mean? And Meghan Merkel was like, I see you, homie. Hold on. Give me a minute. I'm going to put this track out. But what had happened is apparently they have been, you know, allegations out there that they had been feuding in such a way and that the brothers, Harry and William, had been feuding way back when uh, Harry and Meghan Merkel were dating because William feels like, you know, 
they rushed things. He didn't want them to rush as much. And Harry was like, but I'm in love. What you doing? Step back, player. And apparently he could have been like, and yet you have mystery client number two, who you should mind your business and, sure, and deal dude. with. So we got a lot of tea. How fitting, since we're dealing with the UK. A lot of tea, tea going around tea. in Kensington Palace and in Buckingham. <laughs> and so well, Black well, Twitter well. came to Meghan Merkel's aid. Black Twitter was like, what you're not going to do in this <laughs> season, Kate Middleton at all. You see what I mean? Here we go legally in the case at all. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna drag Meghan Merkel because we're not gonna stand for this. That's what happened. Can I tell you? I love first of all how like Meghan has become the black princess. Okay, like I remember, um, you know, the royal wedding and everything, and all the memes would come up, and it's like the princess that Disney forgot. You know, it's like Megan. People were starting black to research princess. the uh, yes. princess and the frog because they was like, "Is that princess Tiana?" I know. Stop it. I just, I can't with y'all. This is the internet giveth and the internet taketh away. I cannot with y'all. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, it's so deep. What, one angle that I saw in this that, that actually interested me more than whether or not um, Prince William did or did not follow in his daddy's footsteps with this tomfoolery, right? Mm-hmm. Of stepping out uh, on your wife and whatnot. What was really interesting to me were the places where people contrasted the lack of media coverage on this scandal, right? Which would actually be scandalous. You know, it's like, unless they like a, don't let me say Will and Jada, because I don't, I don't know for fact that's just rumored that they have an open relationship, right? But it's like, unless Prince William and Kate Middleton had like some agreed upon arrangement, Right. Then it's like you out here stepping out for real. Well, that's a problem. It doesn't matter what they want because the queen (laughs) is still the queen still says what you're not about to do is tarnish our good name. You're not about to tarnish our good name. They ain't no open nothing. (laughs) All of those things notwithstanding. Right. It's like if they were not engaged in a consensual situation that they as married people. Right. Entered into. Right. It's like so, yes, the cheating would be a scandal. But the media in the UK is ostensibly silent yet. I actually saw this article. There was an article when Megan closed her own car door one day. Or there was an article, I, I, I kid you not, like the headline was, Megan Markle closes her own door. <laughs> Y'all can't let this girl live. She can't sneeze in public. She can't close her door. She can't Listen. wear what she wants. So it's like, I think that was another level of angst and outrage that black Twitter was expressing around this. Like you can't come for Megan day in and day out for doing regular human things. She talked to a pedestrian like, Oh, (laughs) okay. Why is that controversial? And yet you have what would legitimately be a scandal and y'all ain't saying nothing, Nathan like that. That's deep. That's super deep. I mean, I, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, like I said, clearly this Meghan Merkel, uh, Kate Middleton thing has been overblown to an extent. And so Black Twitter, this is my suggestion to you. I am glad that you are ride or die for Meghan and that you're here. But like, don't use the knives yet. Just sharpen them. You know what I mean? Keep sharpening them for when a real thing that needs to pop off happens. Shall we, you know, hashtag reserve your petty. Just preserve your patty just for the right right moment. Because in my mind, you know, this is a little bit overblown. And we know Meghan Merkel, like, 
if if it did ever get to a drag down fight between Megan Merkel and Kate Middleton, you know who my money's on. I don't even think I need to speak on it. <laughs> but we'll be like, I didn't know she wait. came from the south side of Chicago. Right. We'll be like, I didn't understand that she. Look, wait, <laughs> ain't her mama in Compton? <laughs> Come on now. Look, Inglewood, stand up. Oh no, what happened? (laughs) No, I love that. Preserve your petty. Yeah. And in fact, how about we reserve the petty for the elections? Because that's where you need to apply it. Mm -hmm. Like the the royals. Because Meghan Merkel is still getting that coin that she deserves. Right, right, right. Look, and and the royals in the UK, that ain't got nothing to do with your life right here in the US. So. You use your petty on stuff where it, it, it's going to appropriately manifest something tangible for you in the end. Y'all stay tuned because we just stay giving y'all strategies. That's all I'm saying. Y'all stay tuned. You're listening to Leverage, the podcast about power, politics, and influence. So since, since we have this clear directive of preserving and reserving our petty mm-hmm. for the elections, we going to walk away. You like huh? that? We going to walk it. away from this Prince William conversation and go straight into the fully wang of the day, the week, the month, the year. Let's talk about Mr. Isaiah Washington and this walk away. Now, can uh, I can I principle. set this one up, twin? Go, go on ahead, so, child. Set it we up. We all know that we're in the season of Game of Thrones. Hashtag Game of Thrones. Winter is here. Hashtag, you know, long live Jon Snow. Okay, that's the personal bias. Sorry. Anyhow, um, in that, anybody remember that season? It was about two or three seasons ago where Cersei had to do the walk of shame, you know, and, and that church <laughs> mother would walk about her shame with that bell. Shame! <laughs> So Shame. apparently you and I got our marching orders because, you know, Alicia, our great producer, <laughs> wants us to channel said church mother for this Isaiah Washington situation. So I'm going to skip to the punchline. We're going to come back. The moral of this is we are canceling in every, in every shape, way and form Isaiah Washington for this foolishness in the same manner that Shonda Rhimes, one Shonda D rhymes did first of her in name in 2007, <laughs> huh? When first he was asked to calmly walk off of the set because we knew he had a temper problem now, mm. you know, to calmly walk off the set of Grey's Anatomy and into the sunset. That's where you can walk away to the sunset, mm. my dear Isaiah Washington. Mm. Listen, I'm a cancel Isaiah Washington in that same spirit, but I'm gonna add the level of petty. Of the Harvard Business School who canceled China Black's China. alleged uh, <laughs> admission. But ch- okay, that's another story. We ain't going to talk about China Black. But, like okay. China, Lori Laughlin she- was enough. You ain't need to jump into this pool by giving your own. You, anyway, I'm. you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to put my filter on. Jesus be a fence. We're not. Okay. To this whole walk away dynamic, right? I, so I understand the very real concerns that people black, black people, people yes stay in general. particular his, yep stay general. right uh-huh. black people in particular would have with the democratic party absolutely um i also understand this this notion that black people in particular 
need not have specific allegiance to any party, because if you look back throughout history, there was a point in time when Republicans, the Republican Party was a different kind of party, and they were the party of abolitionists and freedmen, right? So it's I get this argument or this idea that, you know, trace tra- 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 your history, trace your roots back, Republican, Democrats, six in one hand, half dozen the other. Um, you know, neither party has the full interest of black people in mind. Okay, so well, assume I buy... Anyway, sorry. Right. The interest. Uh Right. You know, so like assume assume we buy both of these things. Right. We we say these things. If you walk in a way, what do you walk into? So he what? would say, and, and I'm going to briefly channel him Explain. because I don't want to get caught up okay, in Okay, first of universe. all, no, don't, don't you channel him. You just say, <laughs> I read that he has said. <laughs> don't you channel no Isaiah what, Child, what, stop. What I had heard, if I was Isaiah Washington, he claims that he has been a libertarian for a while, which every libertarian is just, you know, most libertarians, let me say that, they're one heartbeat away from being Republican anyway. Mm-hmm. And so this is not as big of a move as he's trying to make it. You know, the big story here is him trying to get a, b- a bunch of black people, more specifically, to walk away from the Democratic Party. And now he has been a newly converted, fully furnished Republican, and he's trying to get people to, you know, run Republican. And under said announcement on Twitter, you had even some people that were, um, at least their pictures, because, you know, we got the Russian bots out here, at least their pictures. <laughs> say that their melanin was on and popping in black ways. Uh, saying things like, I'm glad you finally came to the light. The Republican Party's been where it's always, you know, where it's at. So that's, he would say, walk away from the Democratic Party, in which black people supported about 90%, to the Republican Party. And, you know, they would further argue that you had the Dixie Democrats, right? Like way back when the Democrats were on the wrong side of the Civil War. Now, here's the argument that I'm going to add to yours, because I absolutely agree, as we've heard me say many times before, you should not marry a party nor a personality, because parties are not meant to govern. And that's what you want. When you're talking about who delivers the goods so that you actually can, you know, write in your black book and put success next to their name, it's how well do they govern, not how well do they talk. Because I would counter all of this rhetoric about, well, the Democrats were racist way back when. They were. However, let's also talk about the Republicans and how your motives were just as filthy back then as you say the Democrats were now when it comes to black people. Because redlining, white flight, some of these other things, it's that you, you wanted the freedom of black people because it was a talking point to help you have one step up against the South. They didn't mean you cared about us anymore, which is my problem with the Isaiah Washingtons and them. It's like, you want me to trade what you would call one slave master for what you don't realize is another slave master in in and of its own sense. I mean, I actually would have been more moved by and perhaps impressed by an effort that says we're walking away from the Democratic Party we're actually walking away from the Republican Party, too, to the extent there is participation in the Republican Party. And we are walking towards a campaign to get beyond the two party system, you know, right. we're walking to a campaign to do reform or abolishment of the Electoral College. We're walking towards a campaign that ensures that 
voter ID laws, other voter suppression schemes are totally upended and dismantled. Like if you're going to walk away from something, right, from an established entity, walk towards, to my mind, something that actually leads to liberation. Don't just jump from party to party thinking that that's going to solve your problem and that that's going to end the plight. Because from a policy perspective, especially in recent history, we have not seen policies come from the GOP that are ultimately beneficial to people of color, black people specifically. And especially in this Trump era. And so I would exactly agree with you. And I would say that with the Candace Owens, the Isaiah Washingtons, liberation is not even in their vocabulary, nor their strategy for this, right? They, I, I think this is a response in some ways, some of this to me, this is just me spitballing here. Some of it is a response to being rejected which I don't think it's right that just because a black person is Republican to demonize them. I really don't. I don't think that's fine. But I think that sometimes they respond then in those ways and double down in which you want to talk about, you know, a liberation adjacent language, but you don't understand that you're not nowhere in your strategy. Is there any sort of liberation there? There's no sort of, you're really literally running from one hurt to the person that hurt you less last. I want to see the Republican plan for reparations. I also want to see the Republican plan for meaningful investment in opportunity zones. Remember the opportunity zones? This was like, how long ago was this? Like 30, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, maybe? It was around you know, the time like, that they started kicking up abortion and trying to reach black people by talking about how we're killing you know, black kids are being killed in droves and fetuses. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to undermine, you know, because, yes, abortion is a real thing. And we have our thoughts on that. However, yeah, it was it was part of that line in which you but, didn't really care about us as people. I mean, show, show me the Republican plan for wage equity. Um, show me a, a plan or strategy that's not trying to reverse or upend affirmative action you know what i'm saying it's like if you go if you gonna try and get the troops to go with you to this brand new wakanda you better make sure that you have something good and and worthwhile on the other side of it like it was fascinating because like isaiah had this one tweet where he was talking about he had um several thousand new ados on one hand and then maga followers on the other you know and it's like it's a fascinating uh juxtaposition to me to say that he in his mind he he sees himself as this unifier on one hand of like the ados and those are you know the descendants of american american descendants of slaves um you know i think it started as an online kind of movement phenomenon uh what was it tone i'm blanking on the guy's name but yvette carnell and tone blanken Mm, i'm gonna go back and look get my twitter receipts but they you know it's like they have been building um a, a movement online around black people who are descendants of slaves and trying to ask for reparations and tangible receipts. You have, what's his name? Tariq Nasheed is another one, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to find like your tangible receipts. What are you tangibly bringing to the table for black people on one hand? And then you have, you know, the MAGA crowd, the Trump supporters, the whatever he says is right. All of that thing. And he was 
bragging, not mostly bragging, but you could tell there was like this moment of pride and he positioned himself as a unifier because he had new Ados and new MAGA followers. And I'm like, but, but where is the solid agenda that's going to bring these people together and under what banner, what, what party, like what, show me some policy perspective, something. I agree with you. And I, and I'll leave this part before I respond to, to your earlier point to this. When I think of true unifiers, of which we just celebrated Easter, and for those of us that are Christian, Passover and, you know, Resurrection Day, um, every unifier, and I'll start with Jesus, every true unifier, the people he was trying to help killed him. So if everybody is all for your plan, quote unquote, I question how much of a unifier you are versus one who is is, uh, becoming a token. Tokenism. Mm -hmm. So... It, you know, but but I will say, and I, and, and I think that this is a good space then to help provide some strategy. I, and you know, Twin, I agree with you on most everything. <laughs> Where I see this slightly differently as far as the number of candidates and this voter fatigue, I'll say it like this. We can't have it both ways. Because 2016, the other part of that argument was the only choice we have is Hillary or Bernie. And we ain't feeling either. So now, at least what cannot be denied is you got the Fifty Shades of Blue. You see what I'm saying? That's sitting before you. Everybody got different parts, which means the earlier on you get in here, you have less of an excuse that you couldn't find somebody that in some ways resonates with you. And now you need to figure out your Game of Thrones strategy. Hashtag again, Game of Thrones going to bring me on. At some point, HBO, they going, listen, y'all got four episodes. If you're listening, bring me on at some point. But but with this, you know, it gives you a chance to build the strategy because um, with this fatigue, we can't say that, you know, we had limited options and bemoan the limited options we had in one hand and then say on the other hand, though, but y'all are doing things too early. And, you know, I do think we should hold entities like CNN and stuff accountable. I think in one hand, it's good that they're able to put their platforms out there or show the lack thereof in some cases. Mm. But in another sense, yeah, stop taking CNN and Fox News and all these other town halls that they want to publicize more for their pockets. You know, make sure that you're tuning in those still in other ways with your candidates. That doesn't mean that you have to tune in. And, and if most people hold their dial on those nights, CNN and the rest of them get that message that we ain't going to waste people's time with all this exhaustion by trying to sexy this stuff up for our own pockets. Because that's mm-hmm. what that's what's really at play here. So that's a whole word in and of itself. I think we should maybe next week we'll talk about how media has uh played into the the whole political Super Bowl circus that is our current reality and absolutely how how damaging that actually is to I'm for that because what I want to talk about is how slightly while they want to claim that they are anti-Trump Trump is good for their business but anyhow that's a whole world and a whole different word on that note I'm gonna go make some (laughs) tea child can I mention some flavors for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) Introducing the new leverage herbal blend of Petty Tea. That's right. <laughs> Sip on it while you enjoy your daily news. Your boy Brian brewed it up. Listen, we haven't fully solved the world's problems for today, but we have at least gotten a start. We got a pinky, pinky toe 
nail dip we did in the start of solving the world's problems and we'll present it like joe biden's slow roll entrance into the election you know we're gonna Stop. slowly roll these I'm suggestions so, i'm so up. done with you I'm i so get my pettiness from my father i'm just saying i'm so <laughs> done listen you better go prepare yourself for winter look i we're not gonna do any spoilers we can talk about it next week but between avengers and game and game of thrones we it's should be popping do... for the Starks this weekend. It's you know what? For the we need to ask Alicia if we can brand like tissue boxes, leverage <laughs> tissue boxes because the folks will need them for sure. For sure, <laughs> I'm not giving any spoilers because I saw Avengers and everything, but folks will need this for sure with Game of Thrones because we know since folks ain't died in these first two episodes, we know that there's about to be. It's just, it's just. Who will yes. we be mourning? Who will we be pouring out forties for? Or, or mead, mead, or me. <laughs> mead. Listen, well, I need to go and prepare myself for this weekend. I'm not ready yet, but all right, twin. All right, twin. I'll holla at you. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play, and follow us on Spotify. If you enjoy our content, make sure you leave a review. It helps other people discover what we're doing. 